What up, what up, what up? This is your boy Roy, and you are tuned into Back to Center Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to life, love, and the millennial struggle. Yes, I know it's been a minute. I was not here last week, and I am late to the Happy New Year's, but of course, we have a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. We'll start off with Jim Jones making out with his mom. Kind of weird. We'll talk about Betty White passing away at 99. Joe Biden decides to defer the college tuition payments until February, I believe. Um, But either way, bad move on his part. And finally, we're going to talk about how to jumpstart your diet. You're probably fucked it up already considering we're a week in, but you know the drill. Pour up a libation, roll one up. Let's go ahead and get started. Yo, 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 check this out real quick. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in, but I also want to let you know there's a new way to support. Feel free to go into the description section of this podcast episode and click the donate button and donate what your heart desires. Thank you so much. What up, what up, what up, ladies and gentlemen? Happy Self-Care Saturday and happy fucking new year. I know it's been a minute. It's been literally seven days since I've posted an episode. But, you know, it's funny because I check the analytics and, of course, you know, the previous episodes are always being played. Um, But somehow the amount of listeners still slightly goes up. So shout out to you guys for coming around weekend, week out and just listening and tuning in to your boy. Uh, But other than that, man, I hope your 2021 was great. Um, I hope your 2022 will be even better. I know the last couple episodes we were talking about planning and making sure that we were able to coordinate and execute the best plans possible. Uh, I I really sincerely hope that you are going through with those action plans. And even if it's not something that I suggested, whatever it is, I hope you are going through with it. So yeah, man, happy new year. Thanks for stopping by and let's go ahead and dive into it. I don't even want to waste any time because I, you know, I wrote this episode a week, uh, a week ago, and the reason why I didn't get to record was because my mic ended up shortening out the cable between the microphone and the uh, the piece of hardware that I use for it. I cannot remember the name right now, but I believe it's a mixer. I don't know. I'm the software hardware genius, um, but the cable to my mic shortened out, so I had to go out get it replaced. Decided to order the same one that I got with the mic online this way there was no like you know any hiccups or anything like that because the goal of the game is obviously not only to be consistent with episodes but also consistent with sound right so like you want to make sure your levels always sound the same you want to make sure how you sound is always the same and things of that nature but I had to go and make sure that I was doing that the right way so therefore I had to go out and get a new cord I had to wait a little bit because my week was a little packed but let's go ahead and talk about it because when I wrote this episode This did not happen, but it happened this week. And I already knew that I was coming back to go ahead and record anyway. So it was, it was perfect. It was just in time. And you know, one thing I do want to say is the fun thing about being a podcast host is that depending on, you know, what you talk about, for me, it's about pop culture and societal news, right? So there's always going to have, there's always going to be content. And of course I do create my own content in the back end. But for the most part, there's always going to be something to talk about. And I don't want to talk about it, so I'll let him explain it himself. But in this case, 
Um, some of you may or may not know. You might be a Jim Jones fan, part of Dipset. It's been uh, one of the hottest hip-hop groups since the early 2000s. Anyway, your boy was French kissing his mom at like, I don't know, like fucking 12 years old or some shit. But I won't, I won't go ahead and describe the situation. I'll let my boy Jim Jones talk about it. And honestly, let me not even hash on this for too long because... As you know, Jim Jones got into a fight with Freddie Gibbs. Man's like in his early 50s and he's still sprawling. He's still, you know, grappling out in, the, out in these streets. So I want no beef, Jim Jones. Jim Jones, don't, don't fight me, man. Like my face is one of my, my income earners. So please do not beat me up, bro. But we'll go ahead and let uh, Jim Jones talk about it, and then we'll pick it up from there. What did your mom tell you about sex when you were young? She told me everything about sex. Like, what? My first condoms, shit like that. My mom told me how to kiss when I was younger. What did she tell you to do? (laughs) She told me how to tongue kiss when I was younger. Like, Like, what's the instructions? It wasn't no instructions. She showed me with her mouth. Like, she... She kissed you? It's my mother. No, I'm just... Okay. My parents never... My parents kissed me, barely kissed me on the cheek. No, so my mom just stopped kissing my She showed me her tongue kiss when I was younger. Remember, my mom was 17. She's a baby. Look at all the babies that's yeah. having babies now. Sure. And, and look how they act with their babies. It's like Be they like, have a little sister or a little brother yeah, you more than they had. Did, did, you think, did you think tongue kissing was nasty at first? Because the first time somebody tried to tongue kiss me, I thought it was so disgusting. Um, The first time I tongue kissed a girl... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, the, you sweat. My mom's it didn't phase me. The first time I tongue kissed a girl, I was blown. I was so pissed off. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> but it also how depends how sloppy yeah. somebody kisses you too, right? Because that could be a turn off. Yeah, I think like, that's what if it was. they bad it's at like kissing. 12. Yeah, see, that's interesting because yeah. I nobody taught me anything about it and I didn't know what it was. And this guy, like, he was my little boyfriend and we used to just kiss on the cheek. And then one day he just stuck his tongue in my mouth and I didn't know what it was or what was happening. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what is he fucking doing? <laughs> so that comes from, I believe it was Angela Yee's uh, podcast called Lip Service. I think I'm not exactly sure on the name, but yeah. So, yo, isn't first of all, is none of my business as to what people do or, you know, how people raise their children. And, you know, to Jim Jones' credit, he's partially right. Like, if you do consider the, like, the inner cities, a lot of these a lot of these parents are having these children when they're, like, 17, 18. So, essentially, they're also kids having kids, right? Even though, you know, one could argue that being 18 and having a child, you're not really a kid, but, you know, with societal standards in today's day and age, yeah, you could be categorized as such. Um, but here's, here's my take on it. The the crazy thing is when you talk about like trauma or you talk about how one could become used to some things that are very out of norm. And I don't mean that in like the celebrate diversity uh, nomenclature, right? Where like not everything that's normal should be done, if that makes any sense. But in the sense of like the way a mom is supposed to raise a son should not include French kissing, right? At least that's my take on it. Because, like, growing up, my mom never said shit about women. Literally, like, I kind of low-key had to figure this shit out between seeing what my brothers did and, like, just talking about them and talking about them with women because my mom was on such a religious tip when I was growing up. Like, I think I brought up the fact that I had a girlfriend in, like, the fourth grade. 
and she beat my ass. Now that's not normal either. That's also some form of <laughs> some form of abuse that we could talk about. But what I want to say is, and that's actually a really good example, how we could become so normalized to things that are like borderline abuse and just say them. And it's funny because you could hear it in his voice, how he tries to backtrack it after he realizes like, yeah, French kissing your mom isn't really the normal thing to do. And, <laughs> you know, that's so wild. He can't believe he just blew his spot up like that. But then again, he doesn't really give a shit. He posted another video, you know, talking about that, you know, all of society is basically taking this out of context or anyone who's interested in the, the topic of conversation is taking it out of context and uh, listening to it again. Because I've listened to it twice. Nah, no one's taking that shit out of context. You meant what the fuck you said. And I would almost argue that he had more to say. But after realizing that what he was saying was somewhat, not abrasive, controversial. There we go. After realizing what he was saying was somewhat controversial, he decided to backpedal after that, right? So, again, none of my business. I just think it's fucking hilarious. Um, 2022 is off to a wicked start. I mean... Biden has also decided to defer the payments. Originally, it was going to be a cancellation. He pretty much flipped the script and said, fuck you guys, and decided to defer the payments up until either February or March. I don't know. I don't have the article pulled up in front of me because, to be quite honest, I am tired of seeing Biden's face just about everywhere I go on the internet. So, therefore, I'm not pulling up that article. But from what I know, and feel free to counter my argument over here at Back to Center Podcast, follow me on Instagram as well. That's B-A-C-K-T-O-C-E-N-T-E-R Podcast. I forgot how to spell podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Back to Center Podcast on Instagram. But anyway, the fact that Joe Biden decided to defer those payments says a lot about his presidency, um, well, his legacy as far as his presidency is concerned. That's number one. But also it just goes to speak to his nature that just about anyone who didn't vote for Biden outside of the fact that he was the antithesis to Trump's re, uh, re-inauguration or like his second run, um, it speaks true to his actual character. He was always a liar. You know, I mean, all, pol- all politicians are deceivers in their own form or fashion. Um, but yeah, this one is a huge blow to the people that decided to vote for him. Part of me wants to say I fucking told you so because I did not vote for Biden. Um, I did not vote this year, just as a full, if anyone's actually wondering, like, oh, I wonder what Roy, I wonder who Roy voted for. I didn't vote for anyone, to be quite honest. Um, I, the way I see it, they're all two wings on the same eagle, so... Realistically, what difference are we making? We've been, we've been getting fucked no lube since Nixon. Or perhaps even before Nixon. I don't know how far this rabbit hole goes, but that's for another time. Speaking of another times, Betty White has decided to uh, pass on to the natural, to the supernatural, I should say. Um, it's kind of, it's fucked up but ironic because they were planning her 100th birthday. And me personally, the way I see it, if I'm 99, I don't want to talk about my 100th birthday. There's no way. Absolutely no way. Once, once I hit like 75, I don't want to think about birthdays because I feel like if I get too anxious or if one gets too anxious, they could potentially jinx their birthday, right? Especially as they get older in years. 
So, if, yo, if I was Betty White, I would have been like, shut the fuck up. Don't tell anyone that I'm going to be 100. Keep it on the hush. Right? And once I turn 100, then we can go ahead and let the whole world know that I'm 100 fucking years old. But unfortunately, Betty White has passed away. And this isn't to be um, facetious about it. It is a serious manner, and I'm not joking about her passing. Uh, just joking on the fact that they decided to have like a whole media campaign for her next birthday. But when you're in that age range, age range, excuse me, fucking anything could happen, you know? So God rest Betty White. She was a golden girl for a long time. Also very chill, very chill uh, older woman as she graced into her older years. It was cool to see someone from that generation still be able to commingle with pop culture as it evolved throughout the decades. And I could say decades because she was literally around for that fucking long. It's, that's insane. Um, but Betty White has had a great career, absolute legend, and onward and upward. Now she is in the supernatural stratosphere. And the rest of us schlubs are going to be stuck with potential World War III. I mean, Russia is still on Ukraine's border. Kazakhstan is having its own meltdown. And I'm learning that the, uh, China, excuse me, this may not be the most accurate information, so please do not try to debate me on this one. But it appears that Taiwan is the manufacturer of a lot of these computer and car chips. And apparently that's why like the market is tanking. And there's a whole bunch of shit going up and down. 2022 has started off with an explosive run. But here's one thing I want to go ahead and get down. Because knowing you, listener, oh dear listener, more than likely, you probably woke up one morning before 2022 and was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and start my New Year's resolution. I'm going to lose this 15 pounds. I keep yo-yoing back and forth because I have no fucking discipline. You probably didn't say all that. I, I'm just throwing that in there. Not to be insulting. I love you. Um, but I'm pretty sure somewhere along the line, changing, right? Changing your diet, changing how you approach fitness. I'm sure that was something that come, came up in either mental conversation or conversation with your boys, with your gals, with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your robot friend whoever the fuck you were talking to. And I'm also almost pretty sure at least 75% of you, if not more, I'm being gracious, I'm being very benevolent. 75% of you have probably already fucked up. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about five ways to jumpstart your fitness. Mind you, I didn't say diet. I know I said diet like a couple, couple of minutes ago, but I want to say fitness because two things should evolve in your mindset when it comes to how you approach your body and fitness in general. A, this is a lifestyle, not a quick fix, right? I had someone message me on like, how do I lose weight before I go on vacation in March? And I'm like, okay, well, I could tell you how to lose the weight and then you'll probably gain it back. Or we can talk about how to create a lifestyle to where you can start it now, be successful in March. And then continue that lifestyle going forward. That's the point I want to get across. So we'll talk about that and more. Once we come back from the break, this is your boy Roy. And you've been tuned into Back to Center Podcast.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. That was Flamingosis, Cosmic Feeling. And it's a nice, chill song, you know, nothing too crazy. The way I see music being played on a podcast, it's like, I'm imagining you, listener, you're probably in the middle of doing something, right? Like probably cleaning your house, doing some boring shit while I'm playing in the background. So why not just have some music going? Nothing overstimulating, you know? Just something nice to go along with whatever you're doing. So for me this week, I chose... Cosmic Feeling by Flamingosis, and I hope you enjoyed it. But let's go ahead and dive into the main topic for today's episode. Main topic being five ways to go ahead and jumpstart your fitness. Now, remember, the idea here is to make this a part of your lifestyle and not necessarily just something you do to get ready for vacation, to get ready for, you know, whatever the occasion might be, right? So the first thing I have here... It's probably going to be the hardest thing. Shit, you probably already had it. And I'm almost positive you're not exactly sure where to look for it, except for the obvious places that you know where it already is. Cut out the sugar. Yes, now even in my book, not to toot my own horn here, but even in my book, How to Finally Lose Some Fucking Weight, there's a specific chapter that says, uh, sugar daddy, yes, sugar in your diet, no. Once again, I want to extend that to men as well. We can also be sugar babies, but that's another topic for another day. When I talk about cutting the sugar out of your diet, the most important thing is going to be keeping your insulin. And this is for those that are trying to lose weight, right? Not necessarily those that are trying to add muscle. That's a different conversation. But for those that are looking to lose weight, which predominant is the predominant topic of conversation, especially if you take a look at the statistics at which almost 50% of the U.S. population is considered obese or overweight. Now, there should be an asterisk there where if you consider muscle mass and BMI calculations, oftentimes muscle mass gets conflated and it gets commingled with, uh, I believe, fat, if I'm not mistaken on that part. And because of that, muscle gets indexed the same way excess body mass would be indexed, right? Because naturally, most people aren't or don't have excessive muscle on their body. Muscle realistically is a result of evolution to trauma, right? So when you tear down a muscle, you break it down, it grows back bigger and stronger. But that, again, whole nother conversation. We could talk about that for days. What I really want to focus on is the weight loss, primarily cutting out that sugar. So sugar is going to be in a lot of different areas in your diet. And really this comes down to what your diet is like. I mean, If you are a human trash can and you just eat anything and everything, your body composition is going to be so far out of whack, it's not even funny, right? So before anything, honestly, this should have been number one. Take a look at your diet and take a look at what you're eating. More importantly, read those labels. Take a look at it. Sugar comes in many different label names, such as like dextrose, your obvious sugar, cane sugar, uh, high fructose corn syrup, things of that nature. Those names, look them up, do a little bit of research. It's not going to kill you. It's going to take you about five minutes to do it. This way you have a good idea as to what you're putting in your body. Remember, sugar spikes your insulin levels. And when your insulin levels are spiked, it pretty much converts everything that you're eating into fat and stores it, which is why high fat diets work, but high fat diets with high carbohydrates don't work because those fats, instead of getting converted into energy, get converted as stored fats so it should be one or the other either your body runs on ketones which is how it should run 
or it runs off of glucose, which nine times out of 10 isn't going to be the best thing for you because again, it's just going to store itself as fat. So take a look at the sugar. More importantly, be conscious of what you're eating. Like literally just take a step back from yourself while you're eating all that bullshit and just understand that you're eating bullshit. And then from there, try to figure out ways to mitigate that and start introducing healthier food alternatives. Now, let's talk about the next one, eating at a deficit. Now, I'm not telling you to count calories all day. No one's got time for that. I don't even have time for that. But if you go back to a sensible diet, you go back to a sensible eating time frame where you're not eating on the hour every day, you come to realize that there's only so many so much amount of food, I should say, that your body will be able to intake, especially if we're talking nutrient-dense foods. So what is a nutrient-dense food? A nutrient-dense food is going to be like a sweet potato. You could have something rather starchy like a regular potato, something like meats, fats, certain cuts of meat. Not every single cut of meat is ideal, especially speaking from a vegetarian standpoint. However, you will find some cuts of meat, organ meats that are good for the body, right? So eating at a caloric deficit isn't, again, isn't about counting your calories, but more, more so eating whole foods. So stick to whole foods that grow out of the ground as opposed to your processed foods because processed foods always get broken down the quickest and even if they're nutritionally vapid, meaning they don't have any real nutritional value to the body except for, you know, the satisfied feeling you get after eating it, you would want to make sure that when those foods are taken out of the picture, you're left with foods that are just left in the ground, right? So cutting out the processed foods, incorporating whole foods will get you on the right foot. Next one, cook at home. How many times growing up have your parents said, oh, we have food at home, which ironically enough was probably processed food as well. But hopefully if you grew up in the kind of a family background where they appreciated cooking at home, like a lot of my Italian friends, like their families love cooking at home. So it was always homemade pasta, homemade sauces, you know, things of that nature. I think the furthest it would get in terms of like processed foods are like your pizza rolls. Like, you know, when you cut class, you go ahead and smoke a fat L to the face and you're fried out of your mind and you have munchies. Tostino's pizza rolls, usually the go-to or Hot Pockets, right? My friend John was obsessed with Hot Pockets. Shout out John, fucking obsessed with Hot Pockets, man. That was such a weird uh, obsession. I, I mean, hey, we all had ours. Growing up for me, I was obsessed with honey buns. Jesus Christ. I'm surprised I don't have diabetes, to be quite frank. Uh, but that's, again, another conversation for another day. So cooking at home. Hey, the reason why I like this strategy so much is because as a guy, I've been living on my own now for almost four years, right? And one of the joys when it comes to cooking on your own is, or just cooking in general, is that therapeutic uh, feeling that it gives you. Like you come home, you put all your shit away, take a shower. I, li I like to cook when I'm lightly fried. I don't like to get too high, but like lightly toasted. That's, that's how I like to do it, right? So I'll get a little blazed before I hit the oven, figure out what I'm going to make. And it'll be, a, it'll be a moment. Like I'll get to cook. 
I'll lay out the food, turn on the music, put the right mood lighting on, cut everything, do the, the necessary encoutrements, right? Plate it up nice, got it looking good. And I'll just do that for myself. I mean, I'll do that for people that come over as well. But for the most part, I definitely try to make that as crucial as possible for my own self. And granted, every day is not going to be a five-star Michelin restaurant-esque kind of dining experience at home for me. But at the very least, I give myself that moment to unwind, right? I'm not just putting shit on the stove and then just eating it straight out of the fucking straight out of the fucking stove itself like some college dorm student but <laughs> cooking from home or cooking at home or just taking the time to cook it allows you to know exactly what you're putting into your food unless you're cooking processed foods really the mission here is stay away from processed foods right but you get to know what's going into your food and as a side note I, I know a lot of people hearing that are like but you'll know what you're eating when you go to a restaurant not always Try to ask them what kind of oil that they use. More times than not, it'll be like some shitty vegetable oil, which is terrible for you, and you will be surprised, even at a lot of these healthy restaurants. But again, another topic, another podcast episode. So cook from home. You'll know exactly what's going into your food. It's therapeutic. You get to wind down. You get to learn a new skill, right? You get to learn a new ingredient. And fellas, if you learn how to cook, I'm not saying that you have to cook for every single woman that comes into your home, right? And vice versa. Ladies, you don't have to cook for every single man. But however, I would suggest, as a slight tangent here, I would suggest learning how to cook just for the sake of tandem cooking. You want to know if you two really cut out to be partners? Spend some time in a kitchen. That'll let you that'll tell you everything you need to know at that moment right there, right? So cooking from home has a multitude of benefits, but just going back to what I was saying before, therapeutic, and it gives you awareness as to what you're eating. Up next, we've got consider intermittent fasting. A lot of people don't know what this is. Basically, intermittent fasting is just a very complicated way of saying you're not eating for a certain period of time, right? In this case, I guess intermittent fasting works. So, the cool thing about intermittent fasting is that it can be woven into your schedule to make it feel as seamless as possible. It doesn't have to feel like you're starting a whole entire new habit. It could be something as simple as I'm going to stop eating at 6 p.m., go to sleep and start eating the next day at 12 p.m., right? So what we're doing is we're minimizing our eating window. Every time you eat, every time you eat something with a calorie, it elicits a hormonal response, right? So in other words, what happens is your body identifies that you put something nutritious in your body. Your brain identifies that rather. As the food makes its way down to the organ and intestinal tracts to be broken down, digested, and have the nutrients dispersed, it starts that production of stomach acid. Blood starts going to the stomach. And you know, you get the whole production of where either if it's too many calories, we're going to store this bad boy as fat. If it's the right amount of calories, we're going to use this right now. And if it's, a, if it's not calorically dense, it's just something that satiates our senses, meaning like our tongue and our brain at that moment in time, then those calories are more likely going to come from something processed. And those two will also be stored as fats. 
right? So when we talk about intermittent fasting, and then we couple that with eating whole foods, now we're on the right track. Because going back to what I was saying about digestion, food gets broken down into the stomach, the nutrition gets absorbed, and then it gets dispersed throughout the body. So if we have a small eating window where we're eating only nutritious meals that have a finite amount of calories to where per week, we're averaging more calories burned than more calories consumed, now we start to lose weight, right? So if you can imagine this in your head, it's like it's a domino effect. It's a whole dichotomy, right? Change the eating window. First, inspect what you're eating. From there, change what you're eating slowly but surely. Next, change the eating window to where you're eating at more tactical times. And then lastly, be consistent. Listen, if you do this shit one time, congratulations. I guess we can clap for you, right? But that's not the point. The point is to be able to do this day in, day out, or at the very least, create a strategy to where you can either follow this for a certain period of time. Like, let's say you're getting ready for... A good example, not to humble brag, a good example for me is getting ready for modeling photo shoots, right? So sometimes, especially here's a great testimony over this winter, this winter, I've weighed my heaviest that I've ever weighed in like the three years that I've completely changed my life, a whopping 180 pounds, right? From the normal 168 that I normally am when I'm getting ready for photo shoots. So for me, I was like, all right, I need to re-strategize. I allowed myself to get that big, quote unquote, just because it was the winter time I was seeing people and I, you know, I was gonna spend some time eating and drinking. So therefore I was like, there's nothing really I can do except for maintain what I have, right? Like obviously go to the gym, work out, eat sensibly still, but there was no way in hell that I was just gonna sit there and you know, not enjoy my time with people. And, that, and that's one of the bigger lessons here as well. But before I let you go, Again, the important thing here is being consistent. Doing it one time means absolutely nothing, but doing it over and over again, and we're building upon the day before, now we're moving the chains, right? So to reiterate, just to go over it one more time, we're talking about cutting out the sugar, cook at home, consider intermittent fasting, and be consistent. What is that? Four or five? Did I say four or five? I think I said four. So we're missing the last one, eat at a deficit. So those are the last five, that's about it. If you feel like you need help with personal training, or if you feel like you need a coach, feel free to reach out to me, reach out to your boy, go to the website, www.scintillapt.com. That's S-C-I-N-T-I-L-L-A-P-T.com. Go ahead and fill out the PARQ form and we'll go ahead and get that ready for you in 48 hours or less. We're talking nutrition and workouts as well. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let you go. Next week, we're going to talk about the five things you need to leave behind in 2021 to really get your life moving in the right direction. But until then, this is your boy Roy, and you've been tuned into Back to Center Podcast.